Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now, and you can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Sarah Cooper is the author of Foolish, Tales of Assimilation, Determination, and Humiliation. Sarah is a writer and comedian with millions of followers across social media. She's the author of How to Be Successful Without Hurting Men's Feelings and A Hundred Tricks to Appear Smart in Meetings, as well as the star of the hit Netflix comedy special, Sarah Cooper, Everything's Fine. Cooper built her comedy career in between working for companies like Yahoo and Google, where she was fed free lunches and lots of material. She has appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Tonight Show, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and has been featured in The New York Times, Washington Post, Vanity Fair, and countless others. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss foolish tales of assimilation, determination, and humiliation. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a mouthful of a title. Yeah. 
<laughs> was that the original subtitle or has it been tweaked? Oh, if it, it went through so many incarnations, but that was like, you know, foolish is such a, a broad term that I felt like the subtitle needed to be pretty specific, but it's still pretty vague as well. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you committed to foolish from the start? No, there were so many different titles. You don't understand. I'm an overthinker. I don't know if you're an overthinker, but I can't relate was, to that at all. Went, you can't relate. Okay. No, well, no. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes. I, can. I, I know you're kidding. <laughs> you're a woman, so I know you're kidding. Um, yeah. I went through so many titles and rethought everything. I mean, even to this day, I still am like, should I have actually gone with that title? You know? Wait, what were, some of, the, what were some of the other contenders? And then I want to talk about the actual book, but wait, I'm curious. Yeah. So Robot Interrupted sort of a play on Girl Interrupted, but yep, more yep. of, uh, you know, I kind of like that idea just because it is about just stopping the script and trying to break out of the things that you're just sort of habitually doing, but you your heart isn't actually in it. So I liked that title. And that one would have been Robot Interrupted, a memoir. Mm. You know, it wouldn't have had like a big subtitle. Yep. Yeah. And another one, which was pretty controversial actually, was a Jamaican American princess. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so they were like, actually, some uh, Jewish Americans might get offended by that. So I just, I really, I I love the Jewish people. My first best friend was Jewish. I mean, this now I'm starting to sound racist, but you know what I mean? Like I, Jewish I humor Jewish is something that I relate okay. to. Yeah. A Jewish person is on my cover. Literally, Jerry Seinfeld is on my cover. So it's okay for me to say that. <laughs> I'm Jewish and I'm not offended. I thought that was oh, actually really oh, good. I feel like the okay, cool. whole Jappy thing has not been like said or like, I feel like it's from when we were younger and now today people don't use that as much. So I feel like it speaks to a particular population. But anyway, yeah. I don't think, you know, we're all good. And I read your book, so I know your affinity for Jewish people. And I feel like you're an honorary member given all of your, you know, <gasps> oh, overthinking. You so and, you know, you, you oh. seem like, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you into the, the honorary fan club here. <laughs> the honorary membership, wow. I should say. I, I think it's a lot harder to get in, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, I first saw you during COVID, which you must be really tired of hearing uh, because of your whole viral series about Trump and everything. And I remember my husband watching and then I would lean over and it was like the great distraction. We were like, she's so funny. Oh my gosh. So you went viral then, but your whole life, which you talk about in the book, is funny and creative and interesting in this intersection of tech. And it's almost like not a surprise that you would have gone viral on a new medium, given everything. So why don't you talk about why write this book? Yeah. Like why at this point did you write this book and how did you end up becoming a viral sensation for people who didn't understand that? Oh, wow. Well, I, how did I write this book? I mean, like a lot of, you know, I've, I've been writing since I was little. And you saw some of my pretty embarrassing <laughs> journal entries from when yes, I was I, I appreciated 13. those. <laughs> yeah. So writing has been, I, I, I realized this after finishing the book though, but like writing has really saved my life. It's really been the thing that like, you know, when I was in my room and I felt like I couldn't really talk to my sisters or my mom or my dad, like I would be in my room and I would make up stories and I would write and, you know, that's what happened in my marriage when I felt like I was kind of alone and I didn't know what to do. I would write. And writing was like really therapeutic for me to just help me get it all out. So I had a lot of material that I'd just been, you know, working on kind of my whole life. And I was, you know, 
I wrote an audio book called uh, Let's Catch Up Soon, which came out in 2021, I think, or 2022. And actually, I was trying to turn that into a physical book, but that pitch turned into something else with uh, Joe Schwartzman at Penguin Random House. They just were like, we actually want an essay collection. It's kind of new, new material, which I'm so glad they did that because anybody who looks at anything I've done will see sort of how I've changed. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, I was... I was a different person two years ago and I'm a different person yesterday than I was now. You know what I mean? Like I changed so much that I'm glad I was able to, to write this. And I kind of wanted to just, you know, for everybody that found my videos in 2020 where like, you know, I've been experimenting with tech, I've worked in tech. And so like, yeah, I think when you say like, it was, you know, kind of a foregone conclusion that I would go viral. Like that kind of makes sense because I, I have been online for a really long time and not, not, not a foregone conclusion. Just, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. It's yeah. not like coming out of nowhere like it would have been for perhaps other people. That's all. Right. Yeah. I, I love the internet. I've loved the internet <laughs> since, you know, it started. And yeah, so, you know, it made sense that during COVID when, you know, I couldn't get on stage that I would I would start making stuff for the internet like, you know, a lot of people did and still do. And yeah, I got really frustrated by the president, our then president and you know, it was mostly it was mostly the people around him pretending like he knew what he was talking about that frustrated me. It was almost like, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and that's obvious. But it's the it's no one saying it, no one saying it, you know. And everybody who tries to say it somehow gets shut down or whatever. And I just that's what was frustrating to me. And I say and I say that I started lip syncing him out of jealousy, which is true because like <laughs> I want to get I wish I could get away with, you know, just you know, BSing my way through life. Like I, I worked at Google. I saw people BS their way through meetings all the time. And I was like, I can't do that. When I open my mouth, I feel like I really have to say something pretty important. It's got to be really good. It's got to be a good one or else I'm never going to get another chance again. You know, that's how I feel. So, you know, Trump just like said ridiculous things. He took his time when talking. He didn't care that he was saying the same thing over and over again. He didn't care that he wasn't making sense. He didn't care. And I was like, that would be great. So that's kind of why I started lip syncing him. And I didn't really expect them to, to change my life that the way that they did, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like just the way you look at things in and of itself is so funny. And it probably speaks to the overthinking slash interior monologue, which ends up being very helpful when you're a funny person, right? Because then everything that you say later is so funny. Your chapter with the signs that your mom says from all over the house made me laugh out loud so many times. (laughs) Like I I still just, even when I like flip back through it and look at it, like it makes me want to laugh again. (laughs) Can you like sort of summarize that chapter for listeners? Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, going through my divorce, my mom helped me a lot. I went down to Florida because I wasn't sure where I was going to be living. And I was, you know, I was crying because I wasn't going to get child support, but you know, I don't have yeah, kids. But, so. <laughs> but I, I wanted inner child support, you know, but I wasn't going to get that. And I was crying and my mom was hugging me and she said, Sierra, don't sweat the small stuff. And guess what? It's all small stuff. And I realized that that was the sign above the couch. And I was like, (laughs) mom, did you just read that to me? 
And so that's when I made the connection, like the, the guy at the end of The Usual Suspects, you know, how he's just looking at things around the office and that's the whole movie. And I'm like, has my mom just been reading Home Goods Decor to me my whole life to give me advice? Like, has it always just come from there? And um, then I think like, you know, months later I called her and I told her I didn't know if I'd ever get married again. And she said, Sierra you have to dance like no one is watching. And I said, mom, are you in the guest bathroom right now? You know, and um, (laughs) so it's just been, uh, she's just full of these sayings and some of them are on the wall and some of them are not, but they're always just these, these sayings that actually turn out to be really true. But at the time they're just like, this doesn't help me at all, mom. You know, you're just like, why are you telling me time heals all wounds? It's, it's not helping my wound right now, you know? (laughs) So my God, do I see a dog? Do I see a dog? Oh, yes. That's that's Naya taking <gasps> a nap. Yep. <laughs> mm, so cute. Thank you. Yeah. I love dogs. Real active guard dog here, you know. <laughs> but it's fine. She's just lays comatose. That's why I didn't notice her at first because I yeah. just saw a leg move just a little bit. And I was like, yep. wait, that thing is alive. <laughs> yeah. Usually she's on the couch behind me and she blends in except for her collar. So mm. you also had this really funny part, of course, I won't be able to find it now. Um, I dug your, all these different passages, but you had this really funny part about TV. Well, I can't find it, but anyway, you wrote about TV and how basically after all these changes, like we basically just have what we had before, which was TV channels with ads. Like, why are we now downloading a thousand apps to do what we had before? Like, tell me about that because this is like the bane of my existence when we have to download up. I mean, it's just so frustrating. yeah, I think it was when I was home for with my parents and I wanted to watch something and I it just it was so confusing. My parents, you know, they they just got a smart TV. You know, it's it's brand new for them, so they have Netflix, they have all the streaming, but like if you want to just watch, you know, the Oscars. You know, you just want to watch some like the the red carpet for the Oscars, you know, when I was growing up, and I hate how I sound old when I start saying this because I'm like, when in my day, we just turned on the TV and there it was. We just went to Channel 7 and we could just watch Joan Rivers talk about people on the red carpet. And it was great and we liked it and it was easy, you know? And yeah, we had commercials, but whatever. You, you talk to your family during the commercials. You go get a snack. It was good. It was good. And now, now we are spending upwards of $20 a month for each service, which ends up being over $100 sometimes if you're getting all the services. And now they're putting ads. And so it's like, what, 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 where, how, why? Where have we come from? How far have we fallen? Where will we go next? You know what I mean? I totally um, know. I just... Yes. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I, I feel like technology and starting really with Netflix promises so much. They just overpromise and then they underdeliver. And that's kind of my life as well. <laughs> <laughs> so on brand. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I long for the days of simplicity where it didn't take a hundred years and forgotten passcodes and remotes that, you know, I just right. I can't deal with it. It's and I and I just watch Mad Men every night now. So it's like all, it's like, I don't even, everyone's just watching like reruns now too. Mm-hmm. Like they just watch things that make them, you know, that they, that they like. So it's not even like we're watching a lot of new stuff because it's so hard to find. I know. And there's so much. So how do you even know what to watch? And there's but yes, so much. I agree. It also creates a division between people because people are like, have you seen like Yellow Jackets? I'm like, no. So we have nothing to talk about because exactly. you are obsessed yeah. with Yellow Jackets and I haven't seen it yet. So now what do we talk about? 
Whereas I mean, like everybody was just watching the same one show that we had. So totally. we could all talk about that one show. Yeah. And now none of us have anything in common. It's the beginning of the end. Nothing in common. It's true. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, just sign off now. Everybody who's listening to this, just run out into the street naked because it's over. You know, that is one thing that I think books offer, especially with books that a lot of people end up reading and why people flock to bestseller lists and book club picks and things like that is I really do think there's this huge hunger for us all to be consuming the same type of entertainment and being able to experience it together. And book club, if they had like TV show club, maybe people would watch the same thing. Yeah. I'll yeah, leave it maybe. to you to start that. Yeah. You can you can do that. Yeah, my mom is currently watching Suits. And I, I tried, but I couldn't get into it. So I don't know. Well, now we have nothing to talk about. My mom keeps recommending films with like in foreign languages with subtitles. And I'm like, I, I if I'm going to watch a movie, that's when I'm not reading. That's the one time I'm not reading. I don't want to <laughs> read anymore. <laughs> anyway. You uh, literally have a podcast called Moms Don't Have Time to Read and your mom is recommending yeah. subtitles movies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Usually about World War II, which is not like where I want to go in my like hour or two of freedom. Which Who wants to go anyway. to World War II? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah I, I understand. Yeah. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans on Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So you wrote in such a funny way, which I don't think I've said the sentence before. You wrote in such a funny way about race and how you even had the time at work where someone said, you know, hey, Sarah, do you mind if I put you down as black for the diversity quota? And you're like, well, I am black. And they're like, oh, well, even better. (laughs) (laughs) That literally happened. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't even realize I was black till I was like, I don't know, 10 or something. You're like, are you sure? Mom and dad, are, are we black? And they're like, no, Mon, we're Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say Mon there. <laughs> no, Mon, we're Jamaican. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That, I shouldn't have said yeah. that out loud. It's so embarrassing. No, that was adorable. Only, I thought that was adorable. Only more embarrassing thing would have been if I actually tried to do a Jamaican accent. So I thought that was the lesser. I would love for you to try to do a Jamaican accent right now. That's what I would love. I can't. I can't do it on the spot. Come on. Just no, no, Mon. No, Mon. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that was really good. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Okay. I'll practice more for our next interview. <laughs> All right. So tell me, tell me about that and, and the sense of identity that you poke fun at and, and, and how you even wrote about it and how you feel about it and, and all of that. 
I mean, it's, yeah, so that chapter is, you know, Black enough to be called it, not Black enough to say it. And, you know, I didn't even feel comfortable. Like the actual phrase is I'm Black enough to be called the N-word, not Black enough to say it. And I didn't even feel comfortable putting the N-word in the title of that chapter because it is like, I still, I you know, most Black people say, oh, I, I knew you were Black. I know you're Black. But most white people are, aren't sure. And some Black people who are like immigrants aren't sure, like, I, I wrote that a lot of times people just assume I am what they are. So Indians will think I'm Indian and Ethiopians will think I'm Ethiopian. And I do this in my stand-up, just like I am black, but it's more like black. Like, I don't know if I am, <laughs> I am really, because when, because I think everybody has an idea of what black means in this country. And I feel like I don't know if I fit into almost any one of those. I mean, I guess I fit into one of them, but I just don't know how many of us there are because you know, I, I, you know, I, I do shop at Ann Taylor Loft, you know, obviously. Um, I, <laughs> I like the sweater. Uh, it's very cute. Thank you. Thank you. And it fits me. So there's so many things about me that are just, you know, like, and case in point is saying the N-word. Like, you know, I, I feel like there are some white people who get away with saying the N-word, but I, I could never get away with saying it. And I'm okay with it. Again, let me put that out there very clearly. I don't need to say it, but I'm just saying that like the... I don't know. I, I've always just felt like really like what is my category? Like where do I belong? And so that's really what that chapter is about. And in Jamaica, the motto is out of many, one people. And so it is very racially diverse. And a lot of people don't know that about Jamaica, but there are Chinese people there. My grandmother's Chinese. Like there are white kids in the middle of Mandeville going to school with thicker Jamaican accents that I could ever master. So there's so much, there's so much diversity there. And a lot of times people just are like, we're Jamaican. So that's why my parents were like, we're Jamaican. You know, we're not black, we're Jamaican. But then when other people see you here, it's like, you have to be something. You got to be, what are you? It's like, they need to know where you're coming from, you know, mm -hmm. especially on stage. It's like, I can't tell certain jokes without making sure the audience knows I'm black. Otherwise they will feel very uncomfortable with mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I say. So it has to be very clear. And so that's just something you have to deal with. Wow. Well, you took something that can be, can make people make, it can feel divisive and made it so that you are a part of everything. And it's, it's great. It's actually, you know, it's great. You did say in the book that you took a DNA test and you're 1% Ashkenazi Jewish. So I, sh I should have referenced that when we were talking about this honorary membership, because you know, that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it counts a little bit. It counts for something. Yeah. It counts about 1%. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm the 1%. <laughs> I wish. Uh, and you also said that even though your grandmother was Chinese, you don't have any Chinese blood or whatever in your DNA, which makes, you know. I know. Who knows? Who knows what that or means? Or maybe you need a new test or something. But I'm going to take their test because what if I take it again and I'm not 1% Ashkenazi Jew? I don't want that to happen. So I'm not going to yeah. take it again. I'm going to stick true. with these results. That would be devastating. It would be devastating. It would change my life. Yeah, can't risk it. Um, uh, so where, I mean, this is sort of a, a bigger question because your whole book, you're sort of like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life is, is sort of the theme, even though you actually were doing great stuff with your life. You always felt, you seemed to feel adrift and that you were always like in the wrong place. And why were you living at home? And why were you getting another divorce? And I mean, your relationship stuff was hilarious too. I mean, I shouldn't say hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure no, please say it's hilarious. No, I, I want you to say it's hilarious. I want okay. people to laugh at this. But honestly, okay. that is the highest compliment. Okay. Well, I laughed so many times. I mean, it was like embarrassing. 
people, I was reading part of it in the car and my kids thought I was laughing at them. And my husband was in the front seat and he was like, oh yeah, I thought you just kept laughing at the kids, like rehearsing their play. And I'm like, no, I'm laughing at my book. (laughs) Anyway, the kids weren't even being funny. So, so you have this book coming out, you have your standup and all the other stuff. Like, do you have a better view of where you want to go from here, having gotten to this point than you did before when you were writing the book? You know, it's I I was going to I was going to tweet this the other day actually of just like being 45 and still waking up thinking like what am I doing with my life because I still feel that all the time like what am I doing? But I I think that's just part of being someone who's always being like reflective, you know, and just really like introspective and like really smart and stuff. So that's just who I am and I accept that about myself. And I know that I want to bring joy to people's lives and I feel like I've crystallize that at least as a goal for myself. And I kind of like, you know, put it into the hands of the universe to see like what that will mean. You know what I mean? Is it, you know, hopefully this book will bring joy to people's lives. I don't know what might happen with the book or, you know, if there's other things that I will do in the future, but I'm just like really open right now, especially with this book coming out. I've I've published books before. I remember publishing my first book and thinking it was going to sell a million copies and change my life and like nothing happened with it. (laughs) So like you just have no idea like what's going to happen, especially when you're in a creative space. I mean, I'm sure starting this podcast, you know, when you first start something, starting creating something from nothing is hard. It's painful. (laughs) You have moments where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing and why am I doing this? And you have to constantly ask yourself why, why, why? And for me, it just comes back to like, bringing joy to people's lives. And that's that's just what I want to do. And also there's a, another layer of the book, which was a, my own personal story of, I realized at the end of the book, how much I wrote about men mm-hmm. and how, how sort of obsessed I was with this idea of getting my power from a man I was with, a man I was working for, a man who was, you know, in my, men who are, you know, in my life and coming to the conclusion that you have to, that's, you know, you find your power inside yourself. You don't look externally for your power, find it inside yourself. And that's what I really learned about myself from writing this book. Well, that is a good, good takeaway. Very important. I feel like. Thank you. No problem. A plus. Um, (laughs) I'm very important. I'm a very important person. Thank you so much. VIP 1% are here. (laughs) Watch out everyone. (laughs) I feel like at one point when I wasn't sure anyone would ever really listen to this podcast, I kind of made the decision like, well, you know what? I'm really enjoying doing this podcast. So Good. Like, yeah. why not? I like, even if nobody ever listens, I still want to do it. And so Good. I just kept doing it. So I feel like you kind of have to have that mentality, like bringing joy to other people, but it has to be also sort of bringing joy to you. Otherwise, like, you know, you may not want to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of it too. And, you know, for me, like the Trump videos, like people keep asking me to like, you know, do Trump again. Like, it's so wild to me that we've gotten to a place where people are begging to hear Trump's voice come out of my mouth. (laughs) Like that to me is almost psychotic because we were so annoyed and we were so happy to get rid of him. And now I have people saying, please, please, please. And it would be very easy for me to just do that because he's talking again, he's running again, he's out there again, but I just can't do it because I just, that it would literally crush my soul to like lip sync <laughs> that man again, because he is just, to me, he's, 
I, a lot of people are like, he's saying crazy things. I, I mean, like, I know, we know now. We know, we've seen who he is now. I don't need to show that to anybody anymore. Like, we've, we, we've got it. We can move on. And I would love to, to move on. So, like, yeah, it's, like, about finding the thing that makes you happy, that makes other people happy as well. It can't just be the thing that's making other people happy and not making you happy. Right. Are you going to be with a lot of other funny people on your tour? Like, what is your tour looking like? Yes. I'm so glad you asked. Yes, I'm going to be with Chanel Ali, who's a comedian, amazing comedian here in New York in uh, Philadelphia at the Free Library of Philadelphia. Uh, October 4th, October 5th, I'm going to be at Symphony Space in New York with Amy Schumer. I'm so excited about that. Oh my gosh, so yeah. Fun. yeah, I'm going to, she's the kind of person who like really doesn't care what people think in an almost like superhuman kind of sense. Like she literally does what she wants and it is so incredibly inspiring to me. So there are so many things I did not put in this book because I thought it would be too offensive <laughs> or maybe it would ruin my career, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I feel like I might run some of those things past her during our little talk and see if I made the right call. <laughs> and then October 6th, I will be at Fee- with Phoebe Robinson, who has written, oh, um, yeah. you know, you can't touch my hair and another uh, a lot of other books. And she and I will be at Politics and Prose in DC. And so, yeah, I'm super excited. And I feel like if I say I'm super excited one more time, I'll probably want to die. But I am super excited. You should be super excited. Those are <laughs> amazing so people to be. I would be super excited to be in conversation with them. I had actually Phoebe Robinson on this podcast when her book came out. But um, yeah, well, that's really fun. And you should have fun. Yeah. And it'll be great. And you'll bring joy to other people. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Do you have advice yeah. for aspiring authors? Hmm. That's a good question that I should have seen coming and I should have a prepared <laughs> answer for. I would much prefer you not have a prepared answer. I like when people like think about things and just say it versus like having it written out and then it's not interesting. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I So think about it. Yeah. I always, you know, I, I, I always hate advice that's just like, just write every day, just write every day. You know, like the thing about writing a book though, you have to love, I just think you have to love the process of it. And it was very, very painful writing this book. It was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of editing. It was a lot of like figuring out what, what goes in, what what gets taken out. I didn't want to let it go. You know, I wanted to keep working on it and had to finally say, okay, that's it. It's over. It's done. This is it. That's, this is what's going out into the world. And so I think if you have a story to tell that you think is an important story that not even important, it's just a story that you want to tell that you, that you think might, you know, reach some people and might be meaningful to some people. I mean, I think that's the important thing is that like a lot of times we're like, oh, this is really important, but it, you have to find an audience. And the way I found an audience is to start sharing things online. My first book deal came because I shared an article online. It went viral. And then I was able to leave my job and eventually find a literary agent through that article. And so if you can find an audience, start there. Start with finding an audience and building your platform and building a group of people who love what you do. And it'll be so much easier to publish a book when you already have people who are excited to hear more from you. Very true. Good lesson. I should really be thinking of that when we publish books. But instead, I'm like, oh, you don't even have a website? Come right, come right on. <laughs> Perfect. Well, really? Is- yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, well, that then my, then my advice doesn't work at all. No, yours does. I mean, you know, I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I just like, like viewed it as a challenge. Anyway, if you happen to be in LA, we would love to do, I have a bookstore in Santa Monica. Okay. If you ever want to do an event there, you're 
more than okay. welcome. We would love it. We get like really nice, intimate crowds and fill the store and it's really fun. So please come. Okay. Thank you so much. You can follow up after. But yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. And again, we have a whole shelf at the store called Books That Make You Laugh. So that is where this is going to go. And I can't wait to uh, to make other people laugh and, you know, share the joy. <laughs> thank you so much, Cindy. I really appreciate it. All right. Love Thanks, talking Sarah. to you. Yeah. Thank you for making me speak with a Jamaican accent. I will never live that down. (laughs) Bye. Have a great day. (laughs) Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.